1: And we are live. Well, I'm live. Alex, you have a little COVID, so you're yeah, almost alive. live. Live, yes, yeah, mostly there, yes. It's wonderful to see you. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce Alex Slobodski, the managing director of PJ Library. And uh, for those of you who don't know, PJ Library is a large force in the children's publishing industry, um, amazing active philanthropy. Uh, and um, I'm lucky, super lucky, to have the managing director right here with me. I would say right here, but I'm in Israel and, uh, you're somewhere in America. I mean, yeah. What's right for Connecticut. And uh, so I'll just mention that I'm Mel Rosenberg and I am fortunate to be the host of the children's literature channel of the New Books Network. And with me is the wonderful Alex Zablotsky. So Alex, let's start out talking about PJ library and then we'll talk a little bit about you and then we'll talk about the situation of the Jewish people and other minor items. Sure,
0: sure. Happy to be here.
1: The floor is yours. The internet is yours. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Um, so yeah, so I'm very happy to be here with you and to talk about PJ Library. Um, PJ Library, we're celebrating our 18th birthday this year. So, um, we were inspired, uh, our founder Harold Brinsfield was inspired by Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Uh, which has been distributing books, uh, originally to low-income families in the United States, but now to millions of households all around the world, uh, just encouraging childhood literacy. And Harold had this, you know, he sort of was sponsoring it locally in Western Massachusetts and he had the sense, wait, is, you know, we can support literacy and Jewish, and Jewish literacy and books. And he kind of put it together in his head and said, why don't we do this for the Jewish community? So we, at this point, are um, sharing Jewish children's books monthly with families in uh, soon to be 40 countries all around the world. Um, our largest programs are actually in Israel and in the United States um, in seven different languages every month um, and we're really proud to be supporting family conversations and at any building around uh, Jewish topics and traditions and values um, and it's really it's you know 18 years and continuing to grow up.
1: okay wonderful so uh, a few words about Harold and his family
0: sure so uh, Harold uh, is 94 years young um born in- I know Kainan Aura is the Jew. Yes, yeah, exactly, right? Um, born outside of Boston and uh, now lives in uh, Longmeadow, Massachusetts. And um, not a, has didn't grow up religious, it didn't have a strong Jewish practice, but is loves the Jewish people um, deeply um, and is so proud to be Jewish. And he has really focused his philanthropy, um, you know, he, um, is successful in, in real estate, and he's built a, he's a real estate company, and, he, and his is really focused on supporting the Jewish community um, through a library uh, and, and supporting families in uh, Jewish literacy, a lot of the work focused on uh, Jewish overnight camps and day camps. Uh, he really believes in our camping uh, through our Life and Legacy program at the Foundation, really encouraging uh, communities and, and individuals to make uh, gifts for, you know, for afterlife plan gifts, endowment gifts, to make sure that the Jewish community and organizations can be around for a long time. Um, And so really, he's in the office every day with us and really uh, animates our work. and really pushes us to to keep innovating and expanding and and engaging families in new ways, um, just so the Jewish people can be strengthened.
1: And uh, is
0: there a younger Greenspoon uh, generation that's taking up the torch? Yeah, so uh, Harold's daughter-in-law, Winnie Sadler Grinspoon is the president of the Harold Grinspoon Foundation. Um, other family members are involved. And so again, hopefully Harold's around for many years. Uh, but we are in good hands with Winnie as well. I as the Jews say. I mean.
1: May you be healthy till the hundred and twenty.
0: So um but it's not
1: um it's not just giving books to 180,000 families. Uh there's
0: a very interesting deal here.
1: What's the deal? <laughs>
0: So for families, it really is—it's a gift. There's no cost to the family, and so we've, um, at this point, we are distributing more than six hundred fifty thousand books every month. And families, all they have to do is—is is indicate that they're, you know, raising their children in a Jewish household with Jewish traditions and values, and that every month a book will arrive either at their in their mailbox in most places, but in some countries they're through their child's classroom. Um, and it's a story and. Uh, you know we, we we have book selection committees all around the world that pick books that are appropriate for families in that community and the language that they speak and the books include something about a jewish holiday the jewish value a story from jewish tradition or about israel um, and hopefully it inspires a family conversation Well perhaps the question of why don't we build a sukkah and maybe we should try one this year right or we should let's have to just do something to mark shabbat this week and then maybe the family will explore a new tradition that's meaningful for them uh, or start a conversation we've had families who uh, receive a book about, um, you know, holidays uh, or traditions like Mabuna, for example, and it triggers a conversation. Oh, yes, actually, our grandparents celebrated that because they came from from North Africa, and we should we should try that again, right? So it's just to help inspire the families to to whatever build whatever joy, joyful Jewish connections and traditions that they are meaningful to them. And then you know, beyond that, we try and, and we work locally with partner organizations all around the world uh, federations, Jewish community centers, synagogues, um, just so families have opportunities to meet other families and form those social connections that, uh, will last hopefully long beyond when we stop, uh, mailing books. Okay.
1: So, uh, the families get books for free, but, um, you expect, you expect the Jewish communities to participate if I'm not mistaken.
0: So what we like to say is that, uh, it costs a lot to be this free, right? So we don't charge families, right? It's, uh, it's, you know, the stories belong to them and members of the Jewish people, but Buying a book, printing a book, mailing it to families. So our, our our data team, it all costs that costs money. So we are very um, grateful that Harold uh, and the foundation are uh, support about forty to forty five percent of our our costs. Uh, we have other philanthropic supporters that are, are critical to our our work, um, and then we have our local partners, the federations, the JCCs, and synagogues, who also contribute financially. To the cost for the for getting the delivering the books in their community.
1: Okay, do you have any idea? Well, you must. You're the managing director. How much?
0: <laughs> how much does it cost to get a book into
1: the hands of a uh, of a Jewish family?
0: Yeah. So, um, our our operating budget for this year, excluding Israel, just kind of a PG library outside of Israel is thirty mm-hmm. six million dollars. Um, so a, a lot of that. Uh, Goes towards actually buying and shipping of books. A lot of that is our team and all the other things we're doing and like that community engagement work um, and all the kind of additional family experience elements that we do in terms of ready, you know, storytelling podcasts and we, you know, we author stewardship uh, trips to Israel and all sorts of other fun things. But the cost of deliver, you know, delivering a book to a family, we've uh, we've held that constant for our community partners at forty dollars a year. Forty dollars a year, per per child. Yes. For how many books is that? That's one book a month. So it's 12 books a year.
1: So $40 for 12 books. That's right. Wow. You can't go wrong.
0: Yeah. Which yeah is, you know, compared to you walk into a store, a bookstore, it's a, uh, it's a pretty good deal. Okay. So
1: I, I want to talk about Israel and then we're going to talk about the, um, the non-Jewish community, um, and I, it's importance here in understanding, uh, our culture, our traditions and, and sharing these wonderful books that you publish. So, um, I live in Israel. Uh, where we have um, over 7 million Jewish people, uh, religious, not religious, semi-religious, um, uh, Jews who pray every day and keep kosher, Jews who never keep kosher and don't pray at all. Um, and uh, we have a community of almost 2 million um, Arabs who read in Arabic. And um, in Israel, it's a kind of an irony. You have one of the biggest philanthropic organizations sending books in Arabic, to children. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's uh, you know again coming back to, to Harold and his his genius, right? Of, of um, identifying opportunities and and investing in them and scaling them. So seeing the PJ Library was successful in the United States and in Canada, said, okay, what other where, where else are there Jewish people in the world that might benefit from this this program that might that might need uh, Jewish books in the in the home? And so we looked to Israel, um, and it was a a happy accident that books are just too big to fit in mailboxes in Israel, just the, the dimensions <laughs> don't work. Um, and people weren't going to go to the post office in Israel and wait in line to pick up their package every month, that was, seemed too tall of a task. So um, it was the the impetus for what's become a really beautiful, more than decade-long partnership with the Israeli Ministry of Education, um, whereby our foundation and the Ministry of Education partner to deliver books monthly through uh Classrooms in preschools, kindergartens in in Israel, um, and as part of that, another like amazing um, output was the ministry is responsible for all Israeli children, Jewish children, Arab children. Um, so it, there was no way to partner with them without also offering Arabic language books for Arabic speaking uh, classrooms, and so now we are um, distributing. I think. Four hundred thousand books in Hebrew every month. Um, we've expanded that down to daycare networks for littler kids and up into grades one and two. but um, also nearly two hundred thousand books in Arabic to all of the all the Arabic speaking classrooms uh, in Israel through the Ministry of Education. So it's uh, we have a sister foundation in Israel. They have a team of amazing colleagues that pick those books and work with the educators in the Ministry of Education to make that happen. Um, and it's it's really enhanced the entire. Um, and a PG library ecosystem again where the love of the jewish people the love for israel and the centrality of having a strong israel right for the jewish people it means investing in all of the the next generation of israelis be they jewish or arab so
1: this is this is really incredible and um i'm just yeah, i'm thinking there's uh some uh, misguided people that um that are donating uh, money for books for palestine uh, i i myself donated 100 books back in the day um and I think that money goes to the Hamas. And actually, what people should do who want really good quality books in Arabic for Palestinian children is send us the money for Sifriyat Pijamot. Um, The books, so the books in, uh, I'm going to say something and then you're going to correct me. The books in, in America and the diaspora uh, are mostly about Jewish culture, uh, Jewish holidays, Hanukkah, uh, Passover, uh, Shabbat a uh, Jewish a, uh, lore okay but here in Israel the kids actually breathe and live Jewish holidays right. and culture so um and, and and the books for Arab children are not about Jewish holidays so here in Israel what are the books about i yeah. know but i want you to tell us
0: sure it's a great question so um we have we have as in all our programs around the world we have book selection committees of experts of educators and child psychologists and literary experts, authors who who know who, who know the audience that they're selecting books for and they find the appropriate books for that audience. And yes, the, the lineups for P.J. Library in you know in North America look different than the lineups for Sifriat Pajama in Israel or for Makdabar Al-Fanus in Israel. Um the Sifriat Pajama and Makdabar Al-Fanus lineups, Hebrew and Arabic lineups actually have more in common than they do with the uh than the 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 diaspora lineups. Um, you're right. So our framework outside of Israel has three main pillars: it's you know it's Jewish you know, values, Jewish narratives, and Jewish cycles, right? The holidays and and uh, um, like you know life cycle moments. In Israel, it's really more it's yeah not focused on what is Rosh Hashanah, what is Hanukkah, because those are the national holidays. It's focused on right universal values or or Jewish values. It's uh, focused on Israel specific right? Israeli identity and Israeli culture. Um, and it's very much more focused on just literacy overall, right? It's, it's encouraging families to read, to children to learn how to read, um, less on Jewish literacy, more on general literacy in the context of a classroom.
1: Some of the books that you wonderfully distribute for free in Israel are classic universal picture books Thanks. that are translated into Hebrew and made available freely. Uh, that, that is remarkable. What about the books in Arabic? They're not about
0: Jewish holidays. What are they about? No, they're not about Jewish holidays. Those are also about universal values. And that's why that the Hebrew lineup and the Arabic lineup often times overlap in terms of the content they're selecting. Um the universal values again, in terms it, um could be you know, always very really like culture, it could be um universal values, it could be um Alice, I wanna I wanna stop
1: and talk about the universal values for a moment.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. What when we talk about universal values, Jewish yeah. people, what do we talk about? The first thing is what we say near this to a match, right? To be a good person. Um and these values began with the Bible and they've crossed over into Western religion, into Christianity, and Islam, right? These are universal values. Uh we can maybe take a little credit for being the people who got it going. But you know. Be a good person. Be kind to your fellow uh, man. Um, if you're a dinosaur in first grade, you don't teach your classmates. Um, and 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 um, these are values that we we share with our community, the the Israeli community, the um, the uh, Arab community living in Israel. Um, and after the war is over, maybe we will actually be able to share. Some books with universal values in Gaza. This is this is my personal dream. Um, but so let, let's go back now. So in, I have a, a major question I want to ask. Yeah. Uh, I grew up. I grew up in Canada. Um, people assumed that I had horns. Uh, people assumed that I killed Jesus. Uh, people assume that all Jews are bad. And it's been over fifty years, and it hasn't changed. Anti-Semitism is growing. People hate the Jews. Yeah. So my my general question is, you're doing such wonderful work sharing Jewish culture, Jewish history, Jewish values, universal values. Shouldn't PJ now reconsider that instead of sending out books only to Jewish kids, we should be sending out books to all the kids in America who want to learn more about the Jewish people. Maybe they will actually end up Loving us,
0: yeah. It's uh, it's been particularly, you know, it, it's I would say it's interesting working with with someone like Harold, who again, ninety four years old, and can say firsthand what the news headlines were, right? What it was like to live in in the nineteen thirties, right? The nineteen forties. He he recalls the anti-Semitism of those moments, um, and it hasn't gone away, right? Like I think that's part of the scariness of the last month is it was so close to the surface. It didn't take much. All of a sudden, it to burst out into the open again. It's something we hear from from subscriber families. We're we're in touch every month. There's two hundred thousand households in the U.S. and Canada. We hear from them, and they're scared. Um, and it's painful. It's really difficult. Um, and a lot of what we hear is that um, many of their children are the only Jewish child in their classroom, right in a public school classroom, or they live in a neighborhood where they're the only Jewish family. And what does it look like? How do they, how do they, right, are proudly Jewish? How do they explain? How do you, um, encourage what you said? Like, how do you encourage everyone to, to not hate, not fear, but to, to, right? To, to... Let, 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 me, let, let me ask you the following. I like, I think, so we, books are a really powerful way to do that. Like I I am agreeing with you that it gets, um, books and children's books in particular are. I, w- I want you to agree with me more because I am
1: losing, I'm sitting here in Israel. Yeah. And I'm losing my cool as we go along. Yeah. And, you know, I could say, well, I've been telling people for 50 years that North America is a very anti-Semitic place. The world is an anti-Semitic place. And people would say, oh, no, no, you grew up in the fifties. I say, no, and I'm right. And that doesn't, that doesn't help me at all. Right. It doesn't help me out. But I want to ask you, you're the managing director of this wonderful, wonderful philanthropic organization that shares all the beautiful things of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism. Uh, here and in Israel, and among the our Arab community, yeah. and I want to ask you: You talk about universal values, okay? What is the universal value that we teach as Jews,
0: as Christians, as Muslims? Universal values that isn't the Jewish value? They're all yeah. the same. In universal, we're back to that question. Universal might be the wrong way of saying it. It's uh they're shared values, right? That you could yeah. list that like a value that we all share, or a value that in our particular context, right here, like. Right. And in a lot of our books we put in the from the first page, like here's the the passage from, from the Bible or from from our, our our texts, right? In terms of the Talmud, like where's this come from? where we, where's this grounded from in our tradition? Other traditions have places where they've like right, codified it and, and we share it. Right? They're not universal. They're not like out in the ether, not tethered to anything, but they're they're common, right? They're they're shared, human. You know, um, one of the books you've translated the most is Bear Feels Sick, right? Which is a right, it's a wonderful book. It's like, Hey, take care of your friend when they're not feeling well. that's we get all right, identify with that um and i think those are really important to to find our own connection to those and understand that we have other 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 traditions and communities have connections too but there's also something about sending particularly jewish books say this is a, a positive jewish narrative about what it's like to be a jewish person today or, or historically or here's understanding why right why at a certain point in time uh right why are jews lighting you know in their windows or the menorahs and they're like why where's that coming from what's the story here and i think it's important both for jewish families to have those those narratives so they can be we can be telling them in our own households and having jewish conversations and having families have build that muscle and that resiliency of, of knowing how the parents talk to their children about things positive joyful things so that when they have to talk about the negative scary things of anti-semitism and hate um they're already having those conversations. And the family also has the joyful connections to our tradition to to help them bounce back from those. And that's our mission, our organization, our program to share those stories with with that audience. I 100% agree that it'd be wonderful for more of those narratives to be shared in the broader audiences in public schools and libraries to to general, you know, wherever people are getting their children's books. That's why we are um, I'm very proud of the work that we're doing, working with authors and with publishers to just encourage more Jewish stories to be published and distributed in the general trade. I don't know; it's not for, at this moment. It's not for us to pick up distributing to the entire right American or Canadian population, but um, working to make sure that authors and illustrators who want to tell Jewish stories and illustrate Jewish stories feel confident and are supported, you know coached and financially, right? So incentivize to do that, put them out into the world and encourage publishers to look at Jewish stories as this These should be part of your diversity uh agenda in terms of making sure that these narratives are included, not just a part of a story, but all more Jewish narratives. So people can get, understand better what it is yeah, man. Alex, yeah. So I, I'm with you and and, and and there's nothing like a
1: good picture book to yeah. to 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 share friendship and warmth and, and humanity. Right. And I, I'm betting you. I'm betting you that there are over a hundred million families in the states right now. That if there were a mechanism to bring them books about Jewish values and Jewish customs and Jewish holidays, they would want to share those sure. books with their family.
0: Yeah.
1: So we have we have
0: to work on a way to do that, right? And the good news is that there's there are, there are right there are mechanisms to get books right. There are whole distribution and marketing wings of publishing agencies to get books into Yeah, but well,
1: I mean, if, if if you're if you're if you're a, a non-Jewish family in Arkansas. Right? You can't
0: get the books for free. That's from PG library, no, but we, but we yeah, make sure well, the- are in their uh, public library and in their classrooms and making sure that the- that, that, That's
1: good. But I want to take this one step further. If there are some philanthropists who love the Jewish people and they should love the Jewish people, okay? And they want to bring to a community, a, a Christian community. I, you know, Alex, I, I, I'm, I'm 72 years old. Okay. Um, yeah. Jewish, Jewish people generally think that Jesus was a rabbi. They, they don't think that he was the son of God, but he was Jewish. He had a circumcision. He had a bar mitzvah. He spoke Hebrew and Aramaic. His mom was Jewish. And the values that Christianity shares of being a good human being are the same values. The traditions are different. Uh, we, we, we're very similar people. And, and um, we, I think that we have to find... A Harold Greenspoons from the from the non-jewish community who want in communities in America to bring your wonderful marvelous books okay for free into the hands of young children so they will have a better understanding of the Jewish people. And when they have the Jewish kid in school who's the only Jewish kid, they won't say to him, you're a dirty Jew, you kill Jesus, you bomb innocent people. that's terrible. So it has to come from both directions. We have to educate our people, but we also have to educate with love the world and say, look, all of the good upstanding morals of the Western world starting with Judaism. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, I, w- I would say, listen, I think in the same way that uh, you know we were inspired by Dolly Parton's Imagination Library and the Dollywood Foundation and the, the team there has been incredibly generous with us over the years and they're wonderful colleagues more than happy to pass that forward if anyone is interested in that conversation about what that might look like please be in touch with us and we're happy to to have that conversation and explore it um and i would also say just as a note that of the more than 700 titles that we've distributed over our 18 years we've only published maybe 45 of them the vast majority um we purchased the books from from all the publishers you know the large small yeah, but Alex, you're the you're the ones who give them away for free, right? But all I'm saying is like the, those books are available; they're they're there to be purchased, additional copies and distributed. We don't have a monopoly on this content or on this uh, no. uh, on the uh, I'll, I'll I'll
1: tell you something: the first five families
0: that approach
1: you, yeah. and say, Alex, we're not Jewish, but we want to we want our children to learn more about Jewish values, traditions. Okay, I will pay you forty bucks each for those families to get the year subscription for free of your wonderful books. How's that?
0: So again, yeah, Happy to have the conversation with to that person that steps forward because I would we'd never say no to a conversation. Uh, okay. It's, great. And I think in so, terms of it, uh, it's, you know, we also at the moment estimate that we're serving about 30% of the Jewish households in the United States and Canada. That means yeah. there's lots from our community that we want to make sure we're reaching also. And they're you know not saying no, but it's a matter of uh, there's only so many hours in the day. So, we have to make sure that we're trying to do as much good as we can. A,
1: I will help you. I will,
0: I will pay the $200
1: for each child and I will lick the stamps.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Okay. So uh, let's now move on because so many of our audience, Yeah. are you having fun? It's great. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, um, now people want to learn about how to become a writer for, for PJ library, how you select, I want to concentrate on picture books because that's my great, my great passion. Um, how do you select the books? And uh, do you have to be a Jewish writer? Uh, how, how does it work?
0: Yeah. Um happy to focus on picture books. I'll just put a quick plug that we do offer books up through middle grade. So, more um, books through middle grade is our our kind of uh, focus area. So, you do not have to be Jewish. Um, anyone who's writing is telling or illustrating a Jewish story. That's what we're looking for. Um, and again, we've got our framework with our various, you know, uh, Make sure we're offering a well-rounded kind of uh, lineup of, of Jewish narratives. Um, and so we're always looking for right to fill those different gaps for different ages. We're offering an increasingly a diverse lineup in terms of representing different Jewish practice in terms of uh, different Jewish communities, um, stories from different parts of the Jewish world. So um, we love some of the classics and you know we'll we'll schedule them again again, but we're constantly looking for both new stories and new storytellers. Um, so in terms of, you know, we have a submission portal on our website and I promise you, even though it's going to take, take a minute, we do read every single submission it can, and it can be a Word document, manuscript, we're not looking for public, you know, fully packaged books. Um, we're happy to interact with authors or agents at uh, the manuscript the stage and offer feedback and, um, suggestions or guidance in terms of the publishers to approach or ways to, you know, evolve that story, um, to get it to a place where it's publishable. Um, we have various um, webinars and offerings. We offer emerging authors, published authors to help them identify Jewish stories to write or to connect with others in a cohort experience and uh, to write to help. To, again, trying to incentivize, we have financial awards that so we are trying to encourage folks to take the time to write Jewish stories. Because again, we're looking uh, constantly to be growing the the pool of books that we can select from. So we're offering families the new and the best. Um, I mean it's just, you know, back to you know classics, but we want to make sure we're telling the stories too, especially now that we've expanded to so many markets around the world. Um, at the moment we're still doing a lot of translating from English and Hebrew into Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, Ukrainian, German. But uh we'll call for those writing in those languages too. We'd love to be sending books that are written 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 original uh German or original Spanish, um, and not just translating from the other wonderful books we have at uh, our disposal.
1: Uh, that's wonderful. So um you're the managing director. So I know you can answer this question. Uh, a few, a few statistics, yeah. uh, how many submissions do you get, let's say a month from, from, from authors? We get about a thousand a year. So I will divide that by 12.
0: Okay. A thousand a year. And, uh, how many books do you publish? So we, we publish ourselves or we acquire a book and actually publish it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just ahead of full year. In terms of we select for our core picture book lineup, uh, ninety nine titles a year. Um, so, that's, so we have nine age bands. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, infants all the way up through age eight. So each age band gets its own book each month. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that for eleven months, and then the twelfth month we send a special gift. Um, so it's uh, 99, 99 unique titles in English every year.
1: Well, well, the math isn't adding up for me, Alex. <laughs> So get it uh, was you get only one thousand submissions a month, a year, a year one thousand a year. So so this is you have the most incredible odds of getting published of
0: anybody that I've ever talked to. No, the lineup isn't solely from what, what submission. Those are brand new submissions. Almost mostly manuscripts that haven't been published yet. We also look back at what we you know the again the seven hundred books we've distributed in years past, and they'll come back and they'll show up in the lineup again. You know every, every year. Not, ah, okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, but so, I've, I've let, let's say out of, I, I want to give hope
1: to authors ah so out of the thousand out of the one thousand submissions yeah what how many and and the the regular odds are less than one out of a thousand so you're what anything bigger than one is great so what is your number out
0: of a thousand submissions that that that's the neighborhood that were that we're sitting in uh one out of a thousand yeah yeah and, and it's that one out one out of a thousand but it's it's you know we receive a high, really high volume of, of Manuscripts, and they're not all of them are ready yet to be published. Many of them are wonderful ideas, and we'll give feedback, and then they'll evolve. In terms the ones that we receive that are ready to, you know, either the book is selected in the lineup or it's ready to go at that moment. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a smaller number per year. It's probably in the so, ten to twenty. So so let's, uh, let's let's the meaning mean, like you know, and I think that probably is you and the folks watching this probably know, it takes many years before you you have something in a word document to when you hold the book. And sometimes it doesn't happen that first moment, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be you to work on and and, and evolve. You should know that better than (laughs) me.
1: In my case, it took a lifetime, right? My, my first uh, my first book came out here this year and I was that, and I just had my, uh, two days ago. So it can take, it can take 72 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually. no, there there's always hope um and even the one in a thousand um but here is what people are going to say um and this is that you guys you guys decide uh what Jewish values are um what is a good book uh, here in Israel, for example, um if your book is snatched up by Sifriat Pijabot, wow. That's, that's huge. You know, the, the ministry of education distributes a hundred thousand books. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and in America, uh, people have told me, well, submit to PJ, if they're interested, speak to me. Yeah. So you guys are more than just readers of books. You also are people who decide what kind of Jewish material is going to get published for kids. And that's yeah. a little bit, you know, it's a responsibility.
0: Yeah. It's something we, we don't take lightly. Uh, we talk about it internally, and we want to make sure we're doing as good a job as we can. Again, offering you know a, a well-rounded light up in terms of the, the right the spectrum of values and holidays and narratives that we're we're showcasing, in terms of the right this, the, the art the styles of art that we're including the light up that the authors are working with, the publishers are working with. We 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 try and be a good. A uh, good actor in the system, but yeah, it, I think it's that's the flip side of having I mean, the having been able to have the reach that we would be able to accomplish. Um, that yes, when we when we're purchasing a picture book for our lineup, usually we're purchasing at the moment at the moment somewhere between twenty and thirty thousand copies of that book. Um, so it, we're 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 aware of that dynamic, and we again like, are trying to think about both of the various things and and try and make the best decisions we can, um, mindful of that.
1: No, I mean it's great. So, like a regular print run for a small publisher will be a few thousand, to eight or ten thousand books. And you guys, when you make that one in a thousand choice, bang, thirty thousand copies. It's uh, it's it, it's actually wonderful, and and um, I think that it, be, I like, I'm I'm intensely jealous of what you guys are doing. Um, and uh, I really think it's it's wonderful, and I can't wait to see. It how this develops over the uh over the years. Yeah. In, in in Israel, because the books are not a more they're not about Jewish holidays, but there will be some Jewish aspect in some of the books. Yeah. Right. But 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 in America, if you're if, if you're an Israeli, which I am, proud Israeli. Israel. Um and um uh, and you look at the books that are being published in America by PJ, um, they they are to an extent message drift. Um, and that, that's okay. Um, and I'm wondering because you can always have a story like in Israel, right? And then add in the back matter, um, something, you know, like, um, are are you open? Ah, I'm beating around the bush. Are you open to stories that don't have chanukah, don't have a Yarmulke, don't have a Sabbath, a, a Jewish rabbi, um, Stories about universal values um, that that can be loved by Jewish children and 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 other children. Um, Robert Munch has a terrific book, and the kids have have, have skull caps. Mm-hmm. It's obviously, Jewish kids. Um, it's a story about the red-haired guy, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And Munch is not Jewish, and as far as I know, and uh, there's nothing about Judaism in the story. But the kids have have skull caps. Well, where does yeah. it become like if you see a
0: great story? What makes a Jewish book, right? Like, what's the, that's the, that's the question, right? Like, what? Yeah, what sorry, it took it took me seven yeah. minutes last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it could be any number of things, and I think we, um right, we we trying to strike the right balance, and we're constantly, you know, we we survey families after every book we send out to get their feedback. We rate everybody. We're we're trying constantly to right to to calibrate, right, what the right balance is in the lineup, and that's the big, great benefit. Um the luxury that we have that I'm grateful for that we send a book every single month, right? So you look at the course of a year, okay, yeah, one like this and two like that, and one here. So it's it's about the the full experience of a family, right? We we look we look at it over a year over three years over maybe nine years in the program, twelve years in the program, like what's the full body of, of books, what's the full bookshelf look like, right? So you don't ask them one particular book to hold the entirety right? Like was this, you know, but what makes a book Jewish? Um so yeah, sometimes it is explicit. Like this book is about Hanukkah. We're gonna help people understand the story of Hanukkah, or a, a, a story that takes place on Hanukkah. Isaac Bushad, a singer story about the parakeet named Dreidel that we just sent out. Right? Like, it would, okay, fine. That that's a Jewish book. There could be, like we said, a value that it's a shared value is isn't an exclusively Jewish value, but we're gonna ground it in here's in Jewish tradition where you can find it from. Here's the Hebrew terminology to help describe. Here's why when you are. Right, taking care of the environment—that's a Jewish act, right? Not, not, not just a, a, a global or universal act. Um, and there are some uh, books because, right, because it's about a Jewish individual, right? It's about the right inventing the polio vaccine and Jonas Salk, and like that—that's a Jewish story because it's a Jewish person, right, it, it existed, or it's, um, or or it could be the author is Jewish and it's just it's there and it feels it's you know it's it, Jewish informs the book, right? It's in the back matter, or it's in the the fore. Um, but for us, it's it's less about you know an individual book and more in terms of like for us delivering an experience with a family that they can they have various entry points into having a conversation about, about something meaningful about being Jewish to that family. Because again, that's the flip side for us. We're asking one book, we're going to select it for 30,000 kids. It's hard to find one piece of content that resonates with 30,000 people, right? So we really, from, from our core model, assumes like that let's look at the full bookshelf when they're done and hopefully enough of those books have become like treasured favorites that they've triggered conversations, um, that are really meaningful. Okay. So two
1: questions. Now a bunch of quick questions. Uh What is the most, uh, most
0: loved picture book, uh, the PJ Library is done? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to try to get it, but that, that depends on who you ask. Every person has. The I'm best. asking, I'm asking you, Alex. <laughs> One of my favorites, um. I'll well, give you two answers. One, at the moment, there's a book called Purim, which is about cats celebrating holiday um, the holiday of Purim. Even though it's not Purim time right now, my daughter continues. She's four. She insists on continuing reading that one. So that's a favorite right now because I sit down with her, I get to read it every day about the cats and Purim. But um, I go back to one of the earliest books that my, my son and it was, it was seven. Now, his first book got for the program was a book called Toda, um, which is Hebrew for "thank you," and it's just a really sweet board book about saying thank you and being appreciative. And I just it was one of the first books I sat and read with him when he was an infant, right? It's a small kid, and it makes me feel good, right? I like I like that book personally. You ask Harold, his favorite. He loves the Shmuzi family. Uh, it's about a family who all week is a huge mess, and then Shabbat comes and they get they get clean. and He loves the art, and he loves the you know. So they they everyone has their their favorites, um, and I will tell you. We're oftentimes surprised. The committee thinks the book is an A plus book and families are like, nah, it's fine. And, the co- and then the other books, the committee says, okay, we'll send it. Family like, we love this one, right? And so there's a, there's a balance too it because everyone has their favorite. Look, if publishers knew in advance. <laughs> right, so we're, yeah, same,
1: yeah. So, um, okay, so let's, let's give some advice to our uh, authors. Um, PJ Library is always open for submissions. Uh, the submission process is easy. Yep. It's anonymous. Yep. Uh and people should submit. Uh Jewish authors, non-Jewish authors should definitely submit yep. because the upside is is wonderful. And um and we're getting rejected up most of the time anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but I want you to give some insider information. Yeah, Alex. Like what are you guys looking for? Are you really yep. looking for more Hanukkah stories? You want a tubish story? Well, give us give us some something to to work
0: on here. So if I had my choice of holidays it would probably not be Hanukkah because if you look at the books that trade publishers are publishing is covered Passover is pretty good Rosh Hashanah to an extent. So the other holidays, right? The ones that there you know a great book about the holiday of Shavuot for example. Um uh, we wonderful, right? Um I would say that I think we are really looking at the for board books um at the moment. Um obviously you always picture books, but um, having board books that are have, have, again that strong Jewish content, right? That, that they're gonna help that parent have a Jewish moment with their child it is um, it's hard to do in thirty words, but that so that's something we're we're looking for. Um, also, I think for older ages, you know, seven and eight, you know, approaching middle grade, but um, still picture book format, we're looking for you know those are the areas where we're um, looking for more there. Um, and Israel, narratives. Honestly, it's a big word for us. I think we um, have increased the volume of books that we're translating from Sephardic Pajama or from Hebrew into English, and a lot of those work beautifully. Um, but more than more narratives about Israelis, about living in Israel today, in terms of um, that are authentically Israeli, that are you know written for American or a uh, non-Israeli audience. Um, you know, typically, you know, April every year around Yom Good Israel Independence Day, we may, we try and have every book in the lineup be focused on Israel. But Israel is a core part of our framework, and having you know, developing connections between Jewish families outside of Israel and uh, to Israel, in whatever way it works for them, right, in terms of the, uh, but having a a connection, right, some kind of emotional pull to Israel, we think is a core part of being Jewish. So, um, more more Israeli narratives uh, is also something we're looking for. That's wonderful.
1: Um, and, uh, looking over your old CV, uh, yeah. you've, you've been involved all the time in, in things that are involved with education and, uh, and giving, uh, is this your favorite position? Um, is, do you see it as a, as a mission? Yeah. I think I, um, you know, when I was in, in- you, you have, you have an MBA, you know, you could be doing other yeah. things.
0: Yeah, I do. But my undergrad, I, I major, uh, both study psychology and English and I um, when I graduated, I was living in New York, trying to get a job in publishing. I, books has always been, right, a, a love. The, the English major happenings, I was taking up English courses anyway. I might as well get the major because I was going to be taking them anyway. Um, but it didn't didn't work. I ended up going to get my MBA in, in Israel. I ended up working in research for a while, um, but through right through this you know um, good portion, I ended up in an office full of books. I don't. So it really is. It's. Uh, It's been a great, a great lightning spot for me. So uh, this is a good, a good time to uh, say
1: thank you. You, uh, despite your uh, small uh, interaction with COVID, which I hope will end soon, despite the horrific situation now uh, for Jews all over, um, I am really, really grateful that you've uh, spent these wonderful 45 minutes with me
0: and my, my audience. Is there anything I haven't asked you? Well, I think we've covered it. I think we are right. We are constantly looking for for new stories and, and expanding our network of creatives to work with. Uh, I think you gave a plug that uh, it does cost a lot to be this free. So uh, we're also looking at it always for philanthropic partners to keep expanding our work. Um, and it's just wonderful to be in conversation uh, about the book side of things, which uh, is wonderful.
1: So, um, Alex Slabatsby, Uh I want to thank you, Nikola Lev which means from my whole heart uh, for uh, such a wonderful, candid uh, interview. Uh, We're going to say goodbye to everybody, and then you'll leave and come back so we can have a little tete-tete, because I'm eager to talk about a few things, not public. Uh, And uh, I'll just remind people that I'm Mel Rosenberg, and I'm the... uh, What am I? You see, I have to remind myself, and I don't have COVID. Uh, I'm the host of the Children's Literature Channel, the New Network, and I've been speaking to the one and only Alex Zablotsky, the Managing Director of PJ, wonderful organization.
0: Thank
1: he you. Yisharkov.
0: Yisharkov. Well, well, uh, thank you very much.
1: Bye everybody.